Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Chunky Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We rollin'! What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your Monday delivery. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. Although there's not a ton, but I told Goes we are going to make it to the finish line one way or another with our promotions of our uh, different franchises. Of course, we have a watch along coming up and the fact that we're just OGs and anything spurs a memory and next thing you know we go off on a tangent but we'll make it fun for you i promise it's a holiday weekend i hope you all are having a nice uh weekend with your families it's memorial day weekend and this in the united states is a holiday where we honor those who have lost their lives uh fighting for us in the military across all the branches so we salute them and we uh, honor your sacrifices, the ultimate sacrifice that you've made for our country to be the greatest country on the planet, at least according to us. I know some of you overseas people might say, man, y'all tripping over there. Lots of stuff going on. Well, uh, you're part right, but it's still a great country. All right. So let us reset and then we'll get going here. another thing memorial day weekend brings is kind of like the uh, unofficial start to summer now technically summer starts on june 21st it's the longest day of the year and so june 21st to september 21st is summer september 21st to december 21st is fall or autumn and so on i think you guys can pretty much do the math but you know most schools start to really wind up and this is about it at least for me back in the day when you got your full three months, but uh, so it's barbecue season. It's the end of the playoffs. Um, goes what? What do you have any Memorial Day memories from when we were younger, or you as an adult? Um, I know that when we first started the show, Memorial Day was a big, big show for the UFC, but they've kind of gotten away with that. But do you have any from uh, when you were younger, or, or any time in your life? Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Memorial Day was usually our junkie gathering time, so tons of memories yeah. there. But um, younger, a lot of like barbecues, you know, going to, we used to live across the street from a park, like literally from our front door to that park was, I don't know, 10 second jog or something. Like it was really, really close. So it was really easy to just go out there and, 
kick a soccer ball around, throw a football around, baseball fields. There's a little lake. There was always something, you know, to do around that time, but it usually all revolved around a barbecue. Yeah. Well, I'm going to trip you out, goes That park, which is called Carl Thornton Park, you're not going to believe this, but I did a lap around that park a few days ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was very nostalgic, let me tell you. So I was driving down Seegerstrom, so I drove along the park, and I noticed a few things were different. Nothing major, major, but, you know, a few differences. But I noticed there was a lot of people walking in the park, and I thought, man, good for you guys. Getting your steps in, getting some fresh air, any form of exercise, that's cool, you know. And I don't know. I, I seem to remember when we left, the park was either kids were playing, adults were playing, but I didn't see this like neighborhood collaboration of people walking their dogs or just getting or, or jogging. Because you can tell the difference between someone that's kind of doing it, you know, all the time or daily or whatever, and just the weekenders, right? And I thought, man, I go. You know what? I got. I had a few minutes to kill before I needed to get to my de next destination, so I drove around, parked, and I figured it would take me ten minutes, and I walked. And everywhere I walked along the outer ridges, I kind of had a memory of something that, you know, we used to do this here. I used to do that there. I remember when this wasn't there. I remember when that was there. I remember when I played in this area, this, that, whatever. But it was really, really cool, man. Mm -hmm. I liked it. The only reason I didn't do two or three. And I just stuck to one because I, I really did have a little bit more time where I probably could have done more. Is I wasn't wearing the right shoes. And you know how they have the, the gravel and stuff? Mm -hmm. It'll easy get a little piece, little rock or a pebble in your shoe. And then you're doing that whole dance trying to get it out. So, but uh, uh, um, it was cool. I saw the house. Obviously, I drove around the neighborhood, but that little walk around the park was pretty cool. And, one part I remember was you and that kid that lived around the corner, and when you kind of gave him the ATV ride and you guys spilled over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, I told you, folks, we're going to get, we're going to make it happen one way or another. I'm really not forcing that, but Memorial Day's I kind of always been a little bit of a big deal, at least in terms of. Uh, California people, um, it, it's just it's a it's like the start to a summer barbecue season and all that. But anyway, all right. Um, since we last spoke to you, let's go over some of the news that's you know come across the news desk, as they say. Um, AJ McKee and Patrice, sorry, Patricky Frady, are going to fight in their quarterfinal matchup for the Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix. And so it's called Bellator versus Ryzen 2, and they're going to fight in Japan. And along with this fight, another big fight on the card is um, um, Horiguchi, uh, the Japanese bantamweight, who is now going to, I guess, open the, um, the era of the flyweight in in uh, Bellator. So Bellator doesn't have a flyweight division, as you all know. And so Horiguchi, Norfumi or Nor Horiguchi, is going to be fighting on that card. So this is really kind of all built around him, if you think about it. 
And look, he's a stud. I've said it many times to you guys. I think he went like eight and one in the UFC in that flyweight division. Why he left, why they let him leave, or why he didn't, I guess, accomplish more is beyond me. The UFC had themselves a star. He's actually learned a little bit of English, and this was like five years ago. I imagine it's way better now. But I thought they had something with this guy, and he was an exciting fighter. So anyways, he left. He competed at Bantamweight, did well for himself there. But now he wants to fight at his true calling, and that's flyweight. And so they're going to open up with a title fight for the vacant title in the flyweight division. And that's your one-two punch there for uh, Bellator versus Ryzen 2. It's funny because this is a division that at one point the UFC considered getting rid of. And mm-hmm. now uh, not only has it flourished in within the UFC, but now you're looking at other organizations wanting to add that weight class. So I don't know. I mean, the first question you got to ask is, are there enough heads, right? That, that's always uh, something. You just don't want to have a division to have it, kind of like what happened with Chris Cyborg and the featherweight division, right? So um Hopefully, they'll have mm. enough heads to make that fun, and it's something that they could keep going, but uh, that's definitely a good way to start. You can always find flyweights, but you're right. Are they quality flyweights? That takes time. And I misspoke. I'm confusing Kid Yamamoto, who was Norifumi Yamamoto. Um, it, it's Kyoji Horiguchi. I should know better. I've covered this guy for a long time. But maybe because I'm all jacked up, I had a couple of drinks earlier, but way earlier. I'm not too buzzed right now. I'm just a little bit buzzed. But he's taking on Makoto Shin, uh, Shinryu. So these are the flyweights that will uh, inaugurate the flyweight division for Bellator. And and yes, goes. I think it'll take some time, but uh, I think they'll probably sign six to eight flyweights, get this thing going, and and then see what they can do. Although, did you notice? There's still those rumors, man, that either one championship or PFL is looking to buy Bellator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if PF, uh, I don't understand how one championship would really make it work unless they just, because uh, I mean, that's a long distance to cover, right? Because they have such a big following in Asia. And then to come and try and do the same thing in the United States, you would have to probably almost do something like that. But to me, PFL would be a very, very interesting fit. I just don't know, man. It just seems like there'd be so much that goes into that type of a purchase of that size. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, it definitely would. If you combine those two rosters, hopefully uh, you find the right amount of shows to do per year and just make sure every one of them cards is, is fun. You know, like back in the day, Strike Force felt so good. You know, they would show up every now and again. It would be a solid card with solid fighters. And you really just mark the calendar. Like, I'm there for this this card, and I'm down. And it was always quality fights. Yeah, agree. I, I guess I kind of left you hanging in the sense that um, part of my point, too, was why would Bellator be creating this division if they're close to selling? You know, you would almost think that what they have is what they have. They're not going to add any more free agents for now because this sale is either happening or it's not. But um, the fact that they're going, you know, they traveled to Japan, had the press conference, that cost money. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe those ideas, sorry, maybe those rumors uh, 
aren't 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 true after all and Bellator's just doing their thing as normal. Could be. I mean, right now I would lean that way. Remember, like there's a difference between like a rumor and a credible rumor, right? Like uh, a rumor is just something mm. I may have heard. A credible rumor is when you hear that from somebody within the organization or you know, a fighter or something like that. Then you tend tend to take that a little bit more serious. Like and we probably can't go into too much details, but there was a pretty major announcement that happened a few weeks ago that George and I knew about probably about a month before it even happened, but it came from a very credible source, right? So if that person were to speak up onto yeah. something like this, we would probably both go, hey, this is a credible rumor because it's somebody that we trust and that has proven in the past to to be right, right, with the types of things they say. So there's a difference between uh, things you just hear and actual credible rumors. Would an example of a not credible rumor be when I came through the door at Junkie Radio and I told you and John Morgan, hey, UFC is going to buy Strikeforce because the look you two gave me, you would have thought I had two heads. You said it so nonchalant because you didn't say it when you walked through the door. You had already been sitting there for like half an hour and somehow in the middle of a conversation, you just went, oh, I forgot to tell you. And then it was just like the way he said it that would just, I don't know, it would, it would almost be like uh, you said it in the same way if I were to say, hey, by the way, uh, Laura said she put your Amazon package in your room. And then you just like moved on to something. I don't know, it was just so weird. The delivery that, yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem real at all. So Goz and I, along with the rest of the staff, we've been tasked with um, coming up with the 30 greatest fighters in UFC history in honor of this 30-year anniversary that the UFC is celebrating later this year. The UFC started on November 12th, 1993, and so November 12th of 2023 will be 30 years. So as a staff, we came up with 30 fighters, and then we each were assigned uh, about four fighters in which we would kind of do like a voiceover. And uh, we plan on unleashing that later this year. And in doing so goes, I was assigned, uh, I think I can say, I don't think it's that big a good deal because I'm not telling you what. I I don't think you can. In fact, I don't even know we're supposed to be talking about this. Eh. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, we all know Daniel Cormier is going to be in the top 30. That's not going to be a, uh, a shocker, right? But my point is, as I was studying it, I was going through um, the history of Strike Force and just kind of merging over what happened, this, that, whatever. And in doing so, there's a little blurb in there somewhere, and it says um, Ariel Hawani and AOL or something like that broke the story of the sale of Strike Force to. Uh, the UFC or some shit like that, right? And I was kind of giggling to myself because this is true. Dana White either I must have tipped off Ariel that he was going to break something huge. I was about to say that he paid for his flight. He didn't pay for his flight. Um, I know Ariel gets hit with some a lot of criticisms about certain things. But for the most part, I do see him as an honorable journalist, right? So he flew out to Vegas, and boom, he was there. No reason to be there, but he was there to do that interview, right? So that happened on a Friday. I don't remember the exact day or nothing. It's not that important. But 
I had just come back from a show that weekend, and I told John and Goes on a Monday about the rumor that I heard. So I'm just playing along here with the whole rumor, credible rumor, legit rumor deal. And so when I told them, both of these guys obviously laughed their asses off. And then I kind of thought to myself, yeah, that does sound kind of dumb. But, you know, I rolled with the punches and didn't think much of it. Um, The only thing, the only reason I didn't dismiss the rumor when I heard it was because I had gotten into a conversation with former UFC matchmaker Joe Silva about the reason why he cut, I think it was Gerald Harris. No. Uh, He was just disappointed in the Gerald Harris fight, I believe. Or maybe it was a cut. I can't remember. But I did have a conversation with him. And in that conversation, we went off on a different tangent. And he was just telling me about his job. And he told me his job is pretty easy, to tell you the truth. He goes, I have plenty of fighters. He goes, what I don't have is superstars. What I need is superstars that can fill the main event and the co-main event. And so when I was told this rumor uh, a few days prior to me seeing Goes and John, that was part of what they were saying was, yeah, it looks like they're going to buy them. And uh, they're excited because they get, you know, Overeem, Verdum, Cormier, Woodley, Rockhold, Rousey. And right away I was thinking, holy cow, this has... This is believable because of what the matchmaker had told me, and that's that he needed some of those bigger names, the ones that you can promote, right, on on your uh, fight nights or pay-per-views or whatever. And so that's why when I heard it that night, I didn't just laugh it off. I thought, man, this makes sense. Anyway, um, we didn't talk about it much uh, between myself, John and Goes, other than whatever it was that I said that day. And then skip a few days to that Friday, and John Morgan calls me. He goes, hey, dude, tell me more about this rumor of um, what's going on with, you know, Strikeforce. And I go, okay. And I basically retold him what I just kind of told you guys because it really wasn't an in-depth conversation. But I just told him what I had heard and, um, you know, what was said and, he goes, all right, thanks, you know, and right away I could tell he was on he was on to something. He had heard something as well. But like I say, it was kind of too late because Dana had decided to break it with Ariel Hawani, who had flown in, and they uh, they did it later that day. So, yeah, that um, I guess if I had said it during the show, like I am now, like to Goes and John, and we started talking about it, maybe they could have. Uh, giving us some sort of a credit, you know, of rumblings were heard or who knows what. But mm-hmm. like I say, that wasn't my intent. My intent was just to share with the guys kind of what I had heard and the weekend that I had just had because I had gone to Tachi Palace. I believe it was to cover a Bellator event, not a Tachi Palace event. And so this came up post-fight, but it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, um, so look towards, let me see, if you look on the schedule, on the schedule tab on the MMA Junkie website, you can see that this event taking place in Japan will be on July 29th, and it'll be on Showtime. It'll be the second collaboration between Bellator and Ryzen, something Scott Coker has done a lot in the past, and that's co-promote with other promotions, and he's done it with the Japanese promotions uh, for years now. So you'll get a, a quarterfinal for the Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix, and the uh, inaugural flyweight title will, will be, the, the, the belt will be awarded 
to um, one of two fighters, again, either Kyoji Horiguchi or Makoto Shinryu. Those are the two fighters competing for that. Goes, do you think Pitbull, Patricky Pitbull, and Agent McKee, though, should this have been stateside? I mean, because you know the heat that the Frades and McKee have had in the past. It almost seems mm-hmm. like this is a firecracker that could have happened somewhere in the United States. Yes, I do. But more so just because, I mean, AJ's already been in Japan. You know, like, I don't know. I think you he just seems like one of, one of your bigger pieces of the puzzle that you would want to fill up an arena. And it, Like, I feel like no matter what they put on that card in Japan, they'd probably fill the arena because people just starve for MMA over there. But here in the mm-hmm. United States, I just feel like that's such a valuable piece of your puzzle that you'd probably want to have that uh, stateside, you know, considering the fact that mm-hmm. he just went down there. But I could be wrong. I mean, you know, that I figured that out in, what, 20 seconds? Like, I don't imagine somebody in that boardroom might have said something similar and got shot down and said, no, you big dummy, this is why we're at. So, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, um... I'm really excited by their June card. It's deep for Bellator. They have, you know, Corey Anderson versus Phil Davis. I mean, come on, that's pretty legit. They got Nemkov, the champion at light heavyweight, versus Yoel Romero. Okay. And then they got the other pit bull, which is Patricio, and he's dropping to Bantamweight to compete against Sergio Pettis. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's such a nice one, two, three punch in Chicago. I'm thinking, okay. Let's build a nice one, two, three punch in San Jose and LA or or something. Let, like whatever. I'll get over it, obviously, but that that was just my initial thought. Yeah, I wish that I wish that their market would increase more. You know, I wish uh you would see them in Boston or in Florida or some of the other places that the UFC tends to hit more, you know, Canada, more of that type of stuff. Uh don't get me wrong, I mean San Jose, that's great. You know, uh, the Orange County area, L.A., Riverside, that's great. I just wish uh, they were a little bit more around the map. Yeah. All right. Here's something else that's happening this week that's going to be pretty big. So today's Sunday, May 28th. But guess what? On Tuesday, May 30th, the UFC is going to launch the Ultimate Fighter Season 31 Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. So it's going to be on ESPN Plus and ESPN. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific goes, are you in? I mean, I think at least the first, even the biggest naysayer or the biggest detractor of the Ultimate Fighter, whether you're over it or just haven't tuned in a while, come on, man. McGregor's a magnet, right? You you have to be tuning in this Tuesday to at least see how this thing starts to unfold. Well, I think the Ultimate Fighter, um, back when it started, we didn't have as much MMA. So to be able to get something like that during the week was just a gift from the gods, right? And the talent level that you know that you were getting early on was pretty impressive. You know, a lot of champions came out of there. But about halfway through, maybe a little bit more, I think it just started to change where now it was really more about the coaches and that fight that's being set up between them. That's kind of what drew you in, not as much as the talent anymore. And I'm okay with some of the fighters that, that that have come out of there just recently, but uh, for the most part, I'm tuning in for the coaches. And this seems like one of those seasons where, again, that probably makes the most sense, right? Like, who doesn't want to see Conor McGregor 
whoever the hell the other person is on the other side. But if you're going to give me a guy like Michael Chandler and you're going to tell me that they are going to fight, I'm absolutely in on that. Yeah, exactly. The coaches is what's drawing me in. Although I did look at the list of some of the, I think it's featherweights and bantamweights or lightweights and bantamweights, which we need more bantamweights. Holy cow. Um, Right. We're we're pretty deep in bantamweights, but I would have thought other divisions could possibly use talent. But anyway, I'm not going to complain. I love that division. It's my favorite division. And, um, I, you know, the, the talent, uh, some of them will be re- resurrected because some of them will be names that you'll recognize from the past, like Timor Valiev, Roosevelt Roberts, Austin Hubbard, Jason Knight. You know, there's some good names in there, and, and um, they're getting a second chance. And Conor McGregor is now in the USADA pool. At least I, I think that was the big announcement that he was going to do it. He was about to do it or had done it. So I imagine that by now it's done and that maybe we can see this fight between the two coaches later this year, and I would expect some sort of an announcement on that pretty soon, too, so that we can just kind of move on, especially since everyone else has been paired up. We got Benil Darius versus Charles Oliveira. I, I imagine the winner gets Islam Makachev. Then we got the baddest motherfucker belt with Dustin Poirier and Justin Justin Gagey, and you know, then there'll be a, a trickle effect you know, for some of the other lightweights as well. Here's what I'm afraid about the, the Ultimate Fighter, George. This is the only thing that kind of keeps me a little, I don't know, skeptical about the whole thing. I don't want Conor McGregor to force it. Before, I think Conor has become very smart and knows he's entertaining. But because he hasn't been winning as of late, he can't really fall back too much on his accolades, right? They're... And even then, even when you do look at some of his accolades, you can kind of poke holes, right? Like, we've never defended your belts, right? Like, there are things that you can come at him with, especially with this USADA thing now. There are a lot of things to poke. And I hope that he doesn't try and overcorrect that by just being too over the top with himself and the things he does. You know, because I don't think it'll come off as genuine. Like, I just want him to be genuine because he's genuinely entertaining. But I don't want him to be too over the top, Connor. Yeah, well, I think you're going to get some over-the-top Connor for sure. I've seen a little bit of the trailers, but, you know, the magic of editing, they can definitely lead you to believe one guy's going to be a villain, the other guy's going to be a superhero, and then by the end of the the season, they've reversed the roles. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, although Chandler's pretty hard to dislike and see as a villain. Um McGregor can go either way. He's so beloved, but at the same time, a lot of people aren't his biggest fans. So I'm in, man. I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it probably live. And I think hopefully they'll have a tough talk. Maybe we'll see, especially if if we can get McGregor to be a part of that, you know, often. I don't know about weekly, but maybe often. and, 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 And if the fight's signed, then we can start pointing towards that as well. So again, this Tuesday on ESPN, ESPN plus, um, look, man, ESPN's monster. It's a monster. So I think a lot of people are going to be talking about this. I think it's going to be big and maybe be the biggest one ever, especially if they have drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, it's got to just Connor's name alone should make it the biggest one ever. Goes mentioned midweek content. 
And guess what? I guess I have another announcement. Dana White Contender Series. Ghost, can you believe they're up to season seven? Yeah. That's amazing. So they're already they're already filling up the season seven lineup. You know, they have like eight, ten weeks or something like that. And uh our our colleague Nolan King is pretty good at finding out the matchups and he starts to put together kind of like a log of the fights that he hears about. And so there's an article there that says Dana White Contender Series Season 7 roster filling up for summer 2023 launch. So I won't get too into that, but if you want to look at it, there's some of the names. Here's what I do want to get into, though. Week 1, August 8th. So I think there's going to be a little overlap between the Ultimate Fighter and Dana White Contender Series. Now, Dana, the Ultimate Fighter has already been filmed, so it's not like the resources, the people, they have to be in two places or anything like that. Um, but I think it's kind of pretty cool. Like, you know, the UFC basically is going to be a presence on our televisions from this Tuesday, May 30th to at least what, maybe October, the end of October, November. That's kind of something uh, for us to look forward to. That gives us a lot more to talk about. Uh, a lot more talking points for spinning back click. A lot of stuff happens. So that, that would be interesting. I don't know. Sometimes it's one of like when MMA is not here, like this weekend, you tend to miss it. And then when it's week after week after week, you go, what am I doing with my life, man? Nonstop. Like, um, so I don't know. I go back and forth, but uh, I think it'll be fun because it'll only be a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> I could have sworn I heard they go through the end of uh, August. But now that I think about it, why would they? I imagine the Ultimate Fighter will finish before this thing goes. I just don't see them going head to head. And they're both Tuesday night offerings. So. It doesn't matter. the The point is, the USC is going to give us something every Tuesday for the next four months, four or five months. So that's always a good thing. But there you have it, folks. It starts August eighth, and uh, it'll be probably the same format as usual. Although you never know with the USC. Sometimes they come in and week one, it's like, yeah, we want this guy, and that's it. We're out of here. And then by week three, Dana White's a softy. Everybody wins a car, like like Oprah Winfrey. Oh, dude, this last year was brutal. It was contract after contract. He was just signing away, signing away. Wasn't this last year, which I'll be honest, I didn't, I, I don't think I went to any of them. But wasn't this last year yeah. the one that produced one where a losing fighter even got a contract? I think so, yeah. Jeez. But I'm okay with that. Like, if, if they put up a great performance, I have no problem with that. It's some of these mm. that, that kind of squeak in on shitty wins, especially when you're going to tell a guy like Brendan Lockning to go home, right, packing. If you look at some of the guys that have had to come on a second time, that doesn't make much sense to me. Dan Ige got sent packing. So did mm -hmm. Kevin Holland. Yeah. So there's probably quite a list of fighters that got sent packing. Uh, you know, the USC scout team, Look, we'll give you praises all the time when the card is great, when you find a good, you know, um, prospect. But just take your medicine every once in a while when you also fail to act because those are three glaring names. They've been they've become three big stars in PFL for Lockdown and and Ige and Holland uh, over in the UFC. But I know there's been a few others. I just can't think of them right now. But I'm positive of those three at least. Um. Mm -hmm. 
do you remember any, or was there one more that stood out? Someone that that didn't get on the first time? Mm. Was it Putin? It's not that important. You know, you might be right. I think. Then you get a win. Another one. Yeah, I think he got a win, and they said it wasn't good enough, but he came back and got another win or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So we definitely look forward to that. A few more things here. As far as uh, you know, some of the other news that's out there, BKFC they're heading to Florida with a middleweight championship main event. I guess is uh, the headliner, right? This one involves Mike Richmond. Mike Richmond used to be a bantamweight for Bellator. Then he got, I think, a PD suspension for two years, went away, and this guy's all of a sudden come back, and he's been over at BKFC doing his thing now. Mike Richmond was the one that was just involved in a fight with Lorenzo Hunt, where he basically blitzed Lorenzo Hunt, knocked down Lorenzo Hunt, and right when he was basically kissing his fist like the rock, thinking he's going to put this guy away, Lorenzo Hunt landed a nice hook that dropped Mike Richmond, and it was on a lot of highlights. Um, Goes, you remember this fight, right? Oh, yeah. That, that was That whole night was just so entertaining. But yeah, that was <laughs> it was knuckle that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it was Knuckle Mania three, but this one was a great one. So Mike Richmond's already coming back. Knuckle Mania three was in February. This is gonna take place in July. I suppose maybe that's enough time to recover. Who knows? I'm still more shocked that Alex Fajeda, who fought in April, is fighting in July. That seems like an even quicker turnaround. And Fajeda for sure got flatlined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, and I want you to be brutally honest. Road to the UFC. These are kind of like a, another franchise that's been airing, I guess, the athletes from the, from Asia. This is the second season. Do you know much about this, and are you even excited about it? Because I guess they had some more episodes that, that uh, took place here this past weekend, and I had to ask some of our colleagues, what's going on here? What, what am I missing? Yeah, I haven't been paying too much attention to it because it's just too much. It's it's way too much, and um, I only have so much time to go around. Like I, I hardly have enough time to get to all of the major events, you know. Let alone trying to sit through some of these. So it's just you have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> I agree, man. I can't even pronounce some of these names. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm not joking either. Look at this one, Nayam Jargal. <laughs> two men Dimbarrel, two men Barrel defeated Top Noi Kiram. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know what really the only thing I know is that the referee was Mark Goddard and it was the flyweight division. So that but wow, there's just so many tentacles to what the UFC's doing. You know, we can barely keep up with the fight nights. Obviously, the pay-per-view series is amazing. The fights on ABC and ESPN are amazing. But hey, we chug to the we're chugging to the finish line with Ultimate Fighter and and um Dana White Contender Series. And now you're gonna throw road to the UFC at us? I mean, jeez. Mm-hmm. Whoever watches all this MMA, you must give zero fucks about EPL, NBA, NHL, movies, getting laid, uh, PlayStation. I mean, you must just be laser-focused on combat sports. 
You better be gambling too. If, I mean, if you're watching that much, you definitely uh, better be doing something. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is a uh, kind of a lot. It really is. Um, all right, moving on here. Mohammed Mokayev says he's frustrated with rank opponents turning him down. Goes, I've been pretty excited about this guy for a long time, and I think he really is a future champion. He's 4 0 in the UFC, he's only 22 years old. If you'll recall, he was in that, um, I guess he was in a knee bar or something in his last fight. Mm -hmm. He suffered a partial MCL tear, but he gutted it out anyone. But I think this dude's the truth. And um, I really want to see more from him. But he's kind of saying, Matt Schnell, Tim Elliott, uh, a couple of those guys, they they turned him down, I guess. He is number three on my list, my Avengers list that I made about Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think the world is this kid. And not only do I find him to be an entertaining fighter, I think he's just an entertaining person. You know, the things he says, uh, he doesn't seem to back away from any type of challenge. He trains really hard. I think he has the makings of a superstar. Mm -hmm. Things just aren't kind of going right for him early on. And it it reminds me a little bit of Jorge Masvidal, where you go, what's going on here? Like, I feel like this guy could get a little bit more of a push, and he doesn't really seem to get it. But hope, but after a while, like mm-hmm. you know, your skills just they just can't be avoided. And I'd like to see him in a in a bigger fight on a main card on a pay per view. I think he deserves that. He reminds me of Habib Nurmagomedov because he's got that style of wrestling and overall grappling, mm-hmm. except he's really smooth with his hands. And that's not yeah. a slight at Habib. Habib towards the end develop some hands, but he's also a pretty decent talker because he's been living in the UK for the past decade or so. This guy really has a lot of potential. I wish they'd get behind him and Jake Hadley, another tough British flyweight. I think they got a few gems there, the UFC does, uh, in their flyweight division, and I'd like to see them you know, get some of these fights. I know Manel Kopp has been saying, you know, he was accusing Davis and Figueredo of being scared or something like that, so Let's get these guys going. Sometimes I feel like the flyweight division doesn't get as much activity as it should. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. What's with Joaquin Buckley wants to knock off all the Kill Cliff FC welterweights? He says know. they're supposed to be the scary boogeyman. Now, we see Joaquin over at the Extreme Couture gym, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just knocked out Andre Fialio. At UFC Fight Night 224, so that was just a couple weekends ago. But I heard him say this, and I'm like, dude, uh, you looked good there, and you certainly looked good with the knockout of Impa uh, Kasanganai. Remember the spinning back kick that caught everyone's attention? But I don't understand why he's kind of so consumed with these guys that the Kill Cliff, you know, former combat club, former Black Zillions, why, why is he so consumed with these guys? I don't know. I think every gym has this type of story, right? These types of fighters. Um, but he's definitely entertaining, and I like that he's speaking up. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope somebody gets to the bottom of that that story. I feel he's like I've heard him like tell Dominic it Cruz too. and Team Alpha Male. Remember, Dominic Cruz was picking off a lot of the guys from Team Alpha Male until Cody Garbrandt had his number. And I mean, I guess they are stacked over there. They got Vicente Luque. 
Ian Machado Gary, Shaft Cat Rekmanimov, um, Kevin Lee, Gilbert Burns. Like they, they really do have a lot of welterweight. So maybe he just kind of chose an angle and and he's building off that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. But when uh when Garbrandt, man, he had more than his number. He had his social security number, his passport. Like nobody <laughs> had ever treated Dominic Cruz like that before. He made it look easy. He was popping and grooving and moving his head from side to side. Like, I mean, taunting him. Here's my chin. And no one, yeah, no one had messed with Dominic Cruz's mind like that in the middle of the fight. Not only was he beating him physically, he did it to him mentally as well. That that one was, you know, that's one title fight where, where the challenger took out the champion mm-hmm. that I'll, I, I probably won't forget just because of the way he did it. Yeah, he uh, in an interview we did with him not too long ago, a couple months ago, he had mentioned like I want to come back into the studio and do like a longer interview, and I I would love mm-hmm. to get him back in there and just sit there and talk about that night specifically and and some other stuff. He's got a lot of a lot of things to talk about, so maybe that's one that we can uh, we can pin him down and get him in studio, and, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, he lives in Las Vegas, so he can definitely possibly get that thing going. Um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, look, just a few more things, and then we'll bounce on out of here. The PFL has their next wave of fights coming up. This will be their second regular season fight for everybody in all of their weight classes. They have heavyweights, light heavyweights, welterweights. They skip middleweight, lightweight, featherweight, and women's featherweight. So. Just your overall thoughts um, on this next wave of fights. Not the matchups specifically, but the fact that, like I told, like we told Randy Couture, there's something about this round where we're going to have a lot of sprints. We're not going to have a lot of marathons because so many people need to get to their points. It's almost like you had the makings of some Hagler Hearn stuff going on, you know, in some of these fights early on because they're mm-hmm. pairing up fighters that both that both need it from both sides well if you're a gambling man i would say that this is probably a card where you want to bet on the under on a lot of fights because you have a lot of these fighters are in that type of situation where at some point they're gonna have to fight a little different than maybe what they're comfortable with right when you when you sit there and you think about uh shane burgos and the situation he's in or even uh, Chris Wade, like when is he ever in this situation, right? He's usually chilling around this time, but not this time. Mm-hmm. You've got to make up some points, right? And there's a lot of these fighters that are in that situation. The question is, do they have it in them to maybe fight outside of the box, outside of their comfort level of some sort of strategy that they may have? That's where winning these fights early on is important to put yourself in a good spot some of these guys are going to have to come out guns a blazing if they want to make it into the playoffs. And uh, that's what makes PFL interesting, right? Yeah. I like that dynamic in a way this, you know, um, it sucks that some people are going to get left out. We've seen it with Roy McDonald, Anthony Pettis, um, them not even making it to the playoffs. And, you know, the PFL does write out some big checks, hoping these guys will kind of help put them over. Now, at the same time, they don't have to pay them in the next rounds because they didn't qualify, right? So maybe they save themselves some money there and they get a little bit of mileage out of them here. But, boy, this thing with Shane Burgos, um, 
it's 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 interesting. Uh, you know, I think that was their biggest fish from this past season. Well, we're not going to count Nganu because he goes on next year, but um, you know, he knows he knows there's urgency for him, and uh, he's got to do something. But every single one of these free agents goes. You just know that when they signed. And especially if they're coming over from the UFC, Rory McDonald, Anthony Pettis, Farisa Verdun, they had to be almost counting on the fact that they'll probably get to the final and maybe almost spending that $1 million. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of them were. But see, that secret's been out, though, and it's been out for a while. So I just don't understand. Not to say that Shane Burgos fell for that trap. Like I, I don't think you could point at Shane Burgos and go, he had tipped us slightly, or you know, he could have done more. He just ran into a freight train in his first fight, right? But maybe you could look at it somebody like an Anthony Pettis and, and have that critique and say, maybe this guy didn't take this as serious as he could have early on. Then I think he figured things out and he figured out, yeah. hey man, some of these guys are no joke. Uh, but yeah, this, I don't know. I, I find this next round is probably the going to be the <laughs> most interesting round. Yeah, exactly. Um, it all happens uh, on ESGN. Junkie will have you covered for that. Now, it's not this weekend uh, necessarily. It'll be the same weekend as UFC 289. And so this is our chance here to give you a reminder that Goes and I will be doing a watch along for UFC 289. We'll be at the Sticky Paws studio, myself and Goes, possibly a, uh, a guest of ours as well. And we'll watch nine fights together, including the pay-per-view. If you don't get the pay-per-view, wear your eyes and ears. You can listen to us, and we'll tell you exactly what's happening in real time. And if you are ordering the pay-per-view, then we can watch it together. But that's the purpose of the watch-along, to just kind of watch with other hardcores or junkies, if you will. And uh, we have a chat room. We can chat together. Goes and I tell you what we're thinking. We tell you our bets. It's usually a, It's always a fun time. Uh, June 10th, Saturday, mark the calendars for UFC 289, the MMA Junkie Watch Along. Now, every Monday, Goes and I do the spinning back click, and I give you guys this reminder all the time. You should go to our YouTube page and subscribe, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video. Along with that, you can check out old videos that we've done. Goes and I have our section for Junkie Radio for spinning back click. Hey, we always appreciate the comments and the likes. It helps the algorithm so this thing can take off. But we're really promoting this hard because we think we have a quality show and one that you'll enjoy. We unpack all the biggest stories from the previous week along with our colleagues. It's a nice rotation of the junkie staff, the editors, the writers, um, everybody. And so uh, lock it in. Hit that little bell, and that'll give you a reminder when we're going live. So it's spinning back like noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. That said... We're taking next. We're taking tomorrow off, so we won't be there. I think they just kind of wanted to give us a long weekend, uh, you know, for Memorial Day and just kind of let us all chillax a little bit. But um, doesn't mean that you can't go in there and hit that bell and subscribe, and that way you'll be ready when we come back in a couple of weeks. All right, goes. Any final thoughts before we get on out of here? In fact, uh, have you caught up on McGregor? Have you seen anything? with uh mcgregor and his netflix special i've watched two complete episodes and i'm really really impressed do you like it so far i started one and i yeah. and it was a lot better than what i thought so i wanted to give it uh my full attention because what, what ends up happening 
is when I'm working, I'll have something playing in the background and it'll catch my attention. I'll turn around, I'll kind of watch it for a little bit, then turn back and focus on whatever I'm doing. And I, I took this documentary the same way, but I just found myself looking back a lot. And then I was like, you know what? I just want to, I want to give this the same attention that I would give one of my favorite TV shows or something. So I haven't gotten back into it, but I'm going to hit it strong. But I know, but see, that's kind of like the thing. And that's what makes you want to watch the ultimate fighter is, you know, that when Conor McGregor, he doesn't really release trash, you know, like he just knows how to be entertaining. So, you know, that if, if he's with as much news that comes out about Conor and how much coverage he gets, you feel like you already know the story. That was part of me not really caring too much when this came out, but I heard so many people say it was good that I gave it a shot and it reminded me this guy just knows what people want to see and what they want to hear. And so, yeah, I want to give it its due, but I've heard nothing but good things. You're going to like it. In fact, I'm probably going to watch episode three after we do this. And uh, what I'd like to do probably is, you know, what one has to do is you just got to put the phone down, close the laptop and give it your full attention and just have a notepad and a pen and pause and write things down and maybe give it a good review. And I, I think I plan on doing that. Now, I'll either do it here for Junkie Radio and or for our show on Patreon uh, just to give you my thoughts in full because I really want people to see it. Like, I already know two episodes in. This thing's quality entertainment, um, and it is our sport's biggest star. But at the same time, I think I want to give you a proper review. We tend to watch things and then feel like we can hold it all in our memory banks and then come here and go, oh, yeah, do this and that or whatever. But in reality, it's not as well mm-hmm. done if you're trying to juggle a bunch of things. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, for, I mean... You know, now that we do the show here in this way, we used to be five days a week. We do it two days a week. Sometimes we we don't really get to talk about those types of things and slow things down because we don't have the time. We have there's so much news that you have to hit, so many cards that we tend to do that on our Patreon show. So I would definitely, I would definitely tell you guys go over there and subscribe for that because a lot of the old segments we used to do, stun gun and stuff like that, we do that over there. So that's a good idea. And the other thing I did want to add as far as things that we do outside Junkie Radio with spinning back click, I mean, if you're here listening to us right now and you find us entertaining, then I would say, like George said, this is a quality show where you're going to get more of that and maybe at times even that on steroids and some of our other uh, colleagues joining in on the fun. It's a really fun show. It's very well produced by... Uh, cold coffee ken hathaway and then abby suhan comes in with the beautiful artwork the day before we really do put a lot into the show it's a live show you don't have to catch it live but but i would say do that because the chat room that goes with it has become a lot of fun and a lot of the same names are starting to pop in there so i, I would definitely try and take this one in live but if you can't just go back and watch the replay i think it's entertaining and i think it's a great show so uh definitely check those two things out couldn't have said it better. Hey, one last thing. Only because everyone knows we follow other sports. How about Boston, the Celtics, down 3 nothing? They've tied this motherfucker up. Game seven's tomorrow night in Boston. I find it hard to believe they're going to choke this thing, you know? I, 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 My money's on Boston to win. I don't know if they'll cover. I'm sure they're going to be favored. 
three, four, five points. Who knows? But is that crazy or what? It's funny because, um, well, I think it's never happened before, right? In the playoffs. I don't, I don't think it, anyone's coming back from 3-0. 3-1's rare, and they yeah. did it against the Sixers in the previous series. I don't think 3-0 has ever happened. Um, and what's funny is, like, we're Golden Knight fans, right? We live here in Las Vegas, and we're kind of in trouble now, too, because we were 3-0. Now it's 3-2, and it's going back to Dallas. So that, that might happen to us. So I don't want to laugh too hard at what's going on to Miami. Uh but yeah, now, you know, not only are you going home, you're taking home that momentum. And that crowd is going to be in your face. If you're a Heat fan, I think you'd be shaking in your boots despite what the record books say and the odds of you uh, making it out alive are, are should be pretty good. But that being said, uh, whoever comes out of this series, I think is going to be fed to an absolute lion. And uh, <laughs> I, I feel like Boston will have a... Yeah, Boston have probably a better chance, I think, at the Nuggets. But the Nuggets are nice and rested, got little blankets mm-hmm. and a little fire going on. They're ready to go, and they are not fucking around, man. Those guys are beasts. Yeah, of course, they swept our Lakers. And when I thought, well, we're getting swept, but so is Boston. So at least I can you know, share the misery with them, our longtime rivals. And all of a sudden, I just got to give these guys their props. They, they've they gutted it out, and now they could possibly be moving on. Look, I don't want to dismiss the Heat because they did get the 3-0 at one point, and they were close this last week. Boston missed the shot, and some guy got the tip in, and so they barely, barely won that game. Otherwise, this thing would be over. But as much as I wanted Boston to share in our misery, you just got to give them their props for what they've done. And you're right, because we don't want to jinx our Vegas Golden Knights um, too much. I'm saying this for the people that believe in jinxes. I don't. But, um, you know, we could possibly be uh, in the same boat, uh, a 3-0 team, you know, choking, I guess, is no other better way to put it. And the English Premier League today officially ended. And I don't know if you caught the tail end. But Everton had 10 minutes of injury time that they had to sweat. If Bournemouth would have tied them at any point, Leicester Leicester City would have remained in the English Premier League. But because Bournemouth could not tie Everton, Everton was up 1-0. Everton got to hang in there, and they'll be back in the English Premier League. But you should have seen all the fans rush the pitch. It was crazy, goes. It was almost... Like they had won the English Premier League. Um, That's what it feels like, and the amount of yeah. money that you you're able to take in just by being in the Premier League, it probably felt that way. Don't quote me, but I think it's Leicester City, Leeds, and I South think Hampton. Southampton will be relegated. So um, it's just really, really exciting. I, I can't tell people enough. Get behind a team; you'll really, really like it. It's got ups and downs that are crazy, and and it's pretty much year-round. So you pretty much won't hear us talking about EPL. Well, next week we're in a cup final, but other than that, most of these athletes will now go on holiday and not report for um, training camps to like mid-July, I think, maybe third week in July. So they'll have about just under two months off to go relax, and that's for the ones that don't have to do your – 
European Cups, Copa Americas, CONCACAFs, or whatever. If you just have an actual holiday, you'll get about seven to eight weeks off before you come back and do it again. But uh, it's pretty special, man. It's climbed up there in, in as far as my sports intake. Mm-hmm. Uh, EPL is, is, is high up there. But, look, we're going to get on out of here, folks. Again, I hope you have a great weekend. And for those of you in the United States celebrating the long weekend, be safe with your travel. It's a big travel holiday. I know you've all had some fun going to your favorite summer retreats, traveling to see family, hanging out. But please be careful getting home. The stats don't lie. Stuff goes down. And so you don't want to be texting and driving or just driving when you're tired or whatever. So be careful. Get yourselves back to school, back to work, back to home, back to wherever. And, uh, and get ready to enjoy your summers. Uh, anyway, we're out of here. Go out and be a champion. We'll talk to you soon. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.